0: Hi, this is Dr. Tom Rogers at Performance Medicine coming to you today for our weekly podcast with a fascinating subject to talk about. It's one of my favorite things to talk about. It's one of the most important and powerful chemicals in our body, and it's a neurotransmitter. It's called dopamine. Um, There's really two main pathways that dopamine go down. The first one, which you've all heard about, is the movement pathway. Think about Parkinson's disease, where you can't express yourself, you can't move, you have the shuffling gait, you get dementia. That's one where your dopamine gets depleted in your brain, in an area called the substantia nigra. Now, dopamine's very complex, it's neurophysiologically, it's in your brain, there's a lot of different complex stuff we're going to talk about but i'm going to kind of make it simple and this i want to make it simple because the second pathway is what i'm really interested in talking about today and that pathway is what i call the motivation and mood pathway there are vesicles that release this chemical called dopamine in your brain and it acts in a couple ways one locally at the synapse and two, volumetrically which means broadly in volumes they have different reasons and different uh, purposes but so I call this a baseline and peak level of dopamine and so think of dopamine as a currency it's a way of tracking your success at baseline levels and then you can get dopamine hits. Um, like when you eat chocolate, um, you feel good for a few seconds right after you eat chocolate because it turns on the release of that dopamine. Um, all the way to cocaine, Now that gives you a huge hit of dopamine. Um, it will make you crave more if you repeatedly hit this thing. Uh, so you get highs and then you deplete your dopamine. Um, the baseline is different for different people. Genetics are a lot involved. Think about Winnie the Pooh. Think about Eeyore and, you know, the lazy, uh, I guess Eeyore is a mule, I think. But anyway, just always in sluggish, lazy, kind of in a bad mood, um, that's dopamine depletion. And then think about, um, somebody that's really hyper excitable. I can't give you a great example right now of this, but um, think of somebody that's always on. They probably have just more dopamine in their system. So um, dopamine also interacts with adrenaline, another word for adrenaline is epinephrine. So you're going to hear me talk a lot about epinephrine, norepinephrine, Uh, but think of of adrenaline, that thing that really kind of gets you going. I talked about chocolate. Chocolate really increases your dopamine by about one and a half times baseline, just for a few minutes. Sex increases it by two times, it doubles it. Nicotine, two and a half times your dopamine. Exercise, two and a half times your baseline dopamine. It's interesting that caffeine, like when you drink coffee, just a very slight increase in, in your dopamine levels. Now, when you talk about taking anamphetamine, it, it 10 times the amount of dopamine that you get in your system. Um, the thing about it, you got to watch out for too, if you layer too much of it together, it really leads to depression uh, because you kind of overdo it and it depletes it. It's like it gets peaks and valleys. Um, think of Christmas Day. You know, Christmas Eve, Christmas Day. You're all excited. You get up. You open your presents. Then what happens on Christmas night? You're kind of tired and almost depressed a little bit. So you know you get you get these highs and then you get lows. And it seems like the higher the highs, the lower the lows. Um, think about postpartum depression. That's uh, a high then a low, which can be very serious. And always needs treatment. Why do we have dopamine in the first place? Well, it has its functions. Reproduction is the main function of the human race, or any species, really. Um, another one's seeking, like seeking food and water. Um, you know, you get rewarded. Dopamine is kind of a reward reward pathway, Um, but it is interesting to think about your baseline and your peak. Um, If you peak too much and have continual hits, it's called addiction. That's why we have so many addicted people. They're addicted to dopamine or the feeling that dopamine gives you. Um, Think about gambling. You know, you can't really beat the house in gambling. Um, But they keep you addicted to it by making sure you win some. Um, Look at video games or continual texting or or social media addictions. Um, You know, you need to be very careful about these things. I think too many people today are addicted to these things, especially younger people. Um, Social media can get you in all kinds of problems. It's very addicting. It turns on that dopamine, you know, that uh, need for reward, for attention, for craving. Um, So if you find yourself in this pattern, um, like you're continually playing video games, you can't stop, uh, you're texting, it's interfering with your, your social interaction with real humans, then you need to take some time off from it. Like if you're a gamer, you're getting addicted to it, take a month off from it. Uh, so you have to manage your dopamine. The key to this thing is intermittent release. You know, Don't chase the highs. And don't layer things with it that raise it. Um, you know, I do a lot of things with the football team and through the years. And we used to have this energy drink called Spark. And I used to watch the players uh, drink a lot of Spark before the game. And it really kind of did them in a little bit because by the second half and certainly by the third, third or fourth quarter, they were worn out. They were too high when they went in. These guys are high on a Friday night anyway. If you've ever been to an, into a locker room in a high school football game before the game, I mean, those guys are hyped up. I mean, you know, they're about to go out and hit somebody and get hit. So they're as, about as hyped as any human I've ever seen. It's kind of like Marines getting ready to go to war. So they're hyped. They don't need anything else to make them higher because it's going to bring them down, especially if they lose. So be careful with layering, it's very distracting. It's interesting that coffee's okay in moderate amounts. It actually kind of upregulates your dopamine so it doesn't wear it out. Um, so there's energy drinks, not so much. I really don't like energy drinks because they kind of overdo it. There's too much in there. Um, there's medicines like Adderall and Provigil. And these, these drugs can be very useful um, in certain cases. We've certainly had many gratified patients that we treat for ADD, uh, adult ADD. And, you know, it can change their life around ProVigil is a medicine that also increases dopamine. Um, it di- does it by a little different way. We usually treat narcolepsy with it or s- shift worker syndrome. Um, jet pilots sometimes take it before a mission. You know, ProVigil can be a, a pretty good drug, really, for a lot of people, as long as you, you know how to do it. Um, and the thing about it that is that you need to give it breaks. And realize you don't need to keep working your dose up, and you need to only use it for those activities that it's intended for, like studying or focus, or staying awake at work, not falling asleep while you're driving a ten-hour trip, things like that. Um, and don't do it along with pleasure activities. It's not meant for that. Um, another medicine that we we've used for years is an antidepressant called. Well, butrin. Now, it does increase dopamine, and it also increases epinephrine, adrenaline. Um, well, butrin's a good drug for addictions. It works well for depression, but you have to know who to prescribe it to. Certainly, don't want it to prescribe it to an angry man or a patient with bipolar illness. Um, it actually works for depression entirely different than the serotonin drugs like. Um, Prozac, and Lexapro, and Celexa, and um, that group of uh, medicines. Um, serotonin drugs can work well for, for uh, depression, but they can also make you apathetic, and they can really cause sexual problems So, and apathy. Um, so sometimes I use Wellbutrin together with a serotonin drug. Um, sometimes I use Wellbutrin to get people to stop smoking, or to quit drinking it works pretty well for those to be honest with you I I really like Welbutrin it's a dopamine drug Um, there's also a lot of ways you can raise it naturally um exercise of course is good but you can also become addicted to exercise and I know many people who do this um and it actually hurts them down the line they actually overtrain and keep their bodies too inflamed so too much is is not good moderate exercise is actually more healthy for your heart than intense exercise now i do like hit training training short periods of intense but not four hours in the gym That's too much um, unless you're maybe an olympic athlete but i don't think anybody listening here tonight's an olympic athlete Um, so another thing social connections can help raise your dopamine levels um oxytocin is a supplement that we prescribe a lot that really raises your dopamine levels you know it's that hugging hormone the feel-good hormone that's responsible for a lot of things uterine contractions milk let down uh, bonding with a baby etc we use a lot of oxytocin in our practice um, because it increases dopamine it's very safe um, there's other supplements too like um, a certain type of purine called velvet beans Now the thing about these things they're intense Um, I've never tried them I've known people that have and if they take too much of this they just go nuts so be very careful if you use those those velvet beans Um, I like one called L tyrosine it's a lot safer Um, it's really a precursor to L dopa Uh, so L tyrosine I've used it for um, ADHD for people that didn't want to get on a stimulant like Adderall. I've also used it along with Adderall. You know, it's, it's safe to take them together. It actually helps Adderall work better. and Maybe you can take a lower dose of Adderall. Um, again, do not use this for bipolar patients. you got to be careful. Um, another uh, great one is an old-timey uh, over-the-counter supplement called Hooperzine A which increases dopamine, but also uh, acetylcholine. We use that for Alzheimer's disease. And I really think it's as effective as uh, Ariceptomimida, the the expensive prescription medicines that have a lot of side effects that really don't work well at all for uh, Alzheimer's disease. Uh, Phenylalanine over-the-counter also increases dopamine. There's a lot of uses for phenylalanine. Um, They even use it, for vitiligo in uh, creams, but it, it works for a lot of different reasons. Think about phenylalanine, PEA. Um, I like one that Life Extension makes that, that I take not all the time, but just when I need it, called Dopamine. And it's from wild green oats. It's very safe, it just mildly increases your dopamine levels when you think you may need it um so dopamine is really just a fascinating neurotransmitter you got to be f- very smart with managing your dopamine all of us do um think about your baseline and your peaks you, you can get too high and you can get too low um and do healthy activities to increase dopamine like exercise a couple other things you can do are cold exposure um which also helps your immune system you know a lot of times i'll really almost every morning after i get in my infrared sauna i'll take a, a really cold shower and that's been shown to really promote dopamine for about three four hours it's it's they say it will increase your dopamine by 10 times now maybe that means jumping in real cold water you know kind of shocking your system a little bit you got to be careful with that but certainly a cold shower is an amazing thing to get your dopamine going and it activates your immune system as well um, it actually has been measured at like 10 times the dopamine level from your baseline kind of similar to an amphetamine and it it, uh, it just lasts a lot longer of course it's very much safer than something like cocaine or amphetamines um so look at how it works for you practice gratitude that's another thing that will really increase your baseline dopamine levels is just being having gratitude in your life um so don't focus on the prize focus on the fact that your pain will turn into rewards that's why when you practice for a sport It's actually the practice. If you think of that as being your reward, then you won't get so high when you win during the competition. And you'll be a lot better athlete for that. You know, a lot of athletics is is in your mind. The psychology of athletics is just, you know, really most of it once you train your body to a certain level. That can be the difference between being really good and great and being legendary. So it's the effort that you associate with the pleasure, and that's what's rewarding. Another great thing that you can do besides cold exposure and these other things we've talked about, the supplements, the the drugs for it, is intermittent fasting. Intermittent fasting increases your dopamine levels. You know, with all the great things intermittent fasting does for your energy levels, for decreasing your weight, um, fighting obesity, it also makes your brain clear up and makes you feel better. It's almost like rewarding yourself or depriving yourself for 16, 17, 18, 18 hours of non-eating. It has those those great side effects of weight loss, increased energy, increasing your immune system. So as you know, I'm big on intermittent fasting. So um, this has been a great talk. I love talking about dopamine. There's certainly a lot of ways you can go. You need to talk to a, a professional that can really help guide you with um, how to manage your, the highs and the lows, the peaks and the baseline of your dopamine level. So um, think about your dopamine and practice gratitude. I certainly do every day. I'm gracious for all the great patients that we have out here that even take the time to listen to this stuff. Thanks. This is Dr. Tom Rogers at Performance Medicine. I'll see you next week.